For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome to the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by RocksPile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the co-experts for the site. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we're going to do a little blast from the past and talk to Mike Kingery. Now Mike only played two seasons for the Rockies, but he holds one of the unique seasons of all Rockies who have ever played for the franchise. In 1994, his first season with the Rockies, while they were still playing at Mile High, Kingery put together a 349-402-532 slash line during that strike-shortened season. That 349 batting average is the eighth highest in Rockies history for a single season. It was fascinating to catch up with Mike recently on a phone call where I talked to him about that season how he hit not only 349 for the season, but also much better on the road that year than he did at mile high. So don't be starting those Coors takes because Coors wasn't even around back then. But speaking of Coors, Kingery in his two seasons not only played at both mile high and Coors Field, but was a part of the first ever playoff team for the Rockies in 1995. So I had a great talk with him about playing in Denver, about coming over to the Rockies, some of his favorite memories with players such as Larry Walker, Walt Weiss, uh, and also interactions with Don Baylor. And he has some great, great Bud Black uh, story to tell uh, from the time that he was uh, one of Bud's teammates with the Royals as well as the Giants. And you'll love this story of whenever they were playing against each other uh, during a game in San Francisco at what was then Candlestick Park. So anyway, uh, thanks to Mike Kingery for joining me for this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Some great uh, memories here as we walk down uh, history lane with a Rocky who made a big difference in the franchise in a short amount of time in Denver. And also wanted to let you know that we were unable to get Mike on our normal podcast system. So this was recorded through the phone. So his audio may not be of the highest quality, but I think what he has to share is well worth uh, any exchange that we had to have with technology. So please, enjoy this talk. Thank you for being a part of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And without further ado, my chat with Mike Kingery. So uh, just kind of flashing back here a little bit, if that's okay with you. Um, obviously, just curious. Uh, I know that in the uh, 93 season, you played in Omaha and then signed the contract with the Rockies. And guessing, obviously, you impressed enough in camp to make the opening day roster. Was that something that was a goal for you after playing in the minors? Or how were you approaching that 94 season? 
Actually, I didn't perform good enough to make the team, but I still made it. <laughs> and I actually, ha- I already had over four years in the major league. Yep. And then I got sent down and in 92 when I was with Oakland. And then my wife and I, you know, having at the end of our career, we were coming home from Pittsburgh and we counted 54 different moves in 15 wow. years. So we had a large family and we were thinking, you know, in 93, if we have to, if we're not going to be in the major leagues, uh, I had a friend who was the farm director of the Royals, mm-hmm. and I had been teammates together, and, and the thought was, if I have to be in the minor leagues, Omaha is the closest AAA park to our home in Minnesota, so we were thinking that if we had a long road trip, Chris and the girls could jump in the car and come home and be in the blue house and, you know, be with her mother and my mother, so for the kids and their grandparents. So we were 93 the whole year we were in Omaha, mm-hmm. and then we prayed a lot that winter, and I was getting a little long in the tooth, as they would say, <laughs> and we went to spring training with the Rockies. I was the second oldest guy in camp and ended up actually not hitting well at all. I definitely hit less than 200 in camp. And I, but from my understanding, the year before the Rockies outfield was a tad porous defensively. (laughs) And that was the thing I was typically known for was I was able to catch the ball and I had a above average arm, etc. So that was, you know, a good situation for me. So it was basically between myself and Herm Winningham. Mm-hmm. And Herm hit better in spring training. I was a tad bit more versatile since I could play first base also. I they didn't want me to play first base, but if there was a pinch in the middle of the game I could go there and not embarrass myself, so that was the situation leading to going to spring training with the Rockies. Okay, so so what clicked for you? I guess I should ask then. If if it was a not so great spring training at the plate, obviously something kicked in that season. Well, I would say it was the most relaxed I had ever been in the season. As a Christian, I always worked very hard. I try to stay prepped and I worked out really hard in the off seasons mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And, but, you know, a lot of times you think you're making something because of your own strength and your own hard work. And I don't know, God just impressed upon me that, you know, just go out here and relax and have fun and don't stress. And so I, I just went out there and enjoyed myself. And, and a lot of it was, you know, Don Baylor was my favorite manager of all the managers. And I played two managers who are currently in the Hall of Fame. And he was my favorite guy just because of how he would treat his players. And he, you know, in 
instilled confidence in me, and I loved having Dwight Evans as my hitting coach. Yeah. And so it was, you know, it was a very warm team as far as we were, for the most part, we were a bunch of rejects <laughs> because we were the expansion team and the people that they got, for the most part, except for people they drafted. But the, besides that, we were mostly made up of people who nobody else wanted. Mm-hmm. And it was a group of guys that really liked each other and got along with each other. And it was a team that had some really good players uh, that kind of blossomed when they got to the Rockies, like Dante and and the big cat and Vinny really blossomed when they got a chance to play every day. And, you know, Galarraga had been established already, but he really took off when he got to to Colorado. And so that was just a whole bunch of things kind of were in effect that I attribute a lot of the success of that year to. And you were having such an amazing season, and obviously the strike hit. And what was kind of your reaction and feeling whenever you knew that baseball was was very short-lived that season? Well, I live, and I'm actually sitting here right now looking out a bedroom window at the town that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it's a thousand people town in western small town Minnesota. And to be honest with you, I did not want to come home because I felt embarrassed <laughs> because my occupation was on strike and, you know, the, what's the, I don't even know what the minimum salary was at that time. So I know what people where I live get paid for the most part and I'm on strike because I'm not getting paid enough. So I was pretty low key and tried to keep out of the view of a lot of, which is impossible when you're the only major league player in the history of your county, <laughs> let alone your town. And so I, I was very uncomfortable. We actually didn't vote on it. Mm-hmm. It was something that your team rep, your union rep voted on. So we didn't even vote on it. Mm. I did not like it personally at all, and not because I was doing good. I just, it's hard to strike when you're getting compensated so well. Yep. And, and I understand this and that and whatever, but it's, I, I didn't like it at all. Well, and I know some people would look at your numbers from that season and, and those detractors that playing at altitude would automatically you know equate it to that, but... Yet I've read in an article that you were not a, a big fan of, of, you couldn't see the ball really well at mile high, I believe you said, and, and the stats actually showed that you did better on the road than you did in Denver. So I thought that was very interesting. An, an actual uh, media guy who checked out some things before he asked me the question. <laughs> hey, I tried. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm impressed because everybody, if they interview me, they'll say, well, you had a good year, but everybody had a good year in Colorado. Sure. Both years I was in Colorado, I actually hit better on the road than I did at home. And I hit over 370, 
crazy. That's awesome, man. And I'm sure the fans, you're right. They loved having you there as well, I have no doubt. Can can you talk a little bit about the move from Mile High to Coors and what that was like for you as a player? Mm-hmm. And so the seats 
Can you talk just a little bit about, uh, you, you mentioned 94 kind of being the rejects and, and bringing people together, but then 95, that magic uh, time whenever the Rockies, you know, made their first playoff run. And what was that like for you as a player?
Rocky's reunion mm-hmm. type deal, and the guy came up and said, you know, I don't know if it was the third, it was something, the highest OPS ever on the road in the history of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be the guy that would, that would be a definitely a good trivia question to ask someone because they would never guess me. <laughs> and it was just, I'm like, well, something I can't control. I'm not <laughs> going to even think about it until the coach comes up to me and I ended up, you know, Ellis ended up being hurt for another three months mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I wasn't the fourth outfielder, but it was <laughs> I was interested that they're coming up and talking to a guy who hit three fifty the year before, asking him what it's like to be the fourth outfielder. Yeah. That being said, uh, adding Larry Walker to our team was a very good move. It was something that you know, moved Dante to left field, which I know he wanted to be the right fielder, but I was in between those two guys, and it really solidified the lineup where you were able to throw. You had all the big bangers, but they were all right-handed hitters, mm-hmm. and you were able to throw lefty in the middle of that next. And the thing that I like the most about Larry that people don't talk much about is he was very proud of his defense. Mm. And me being the center fielder, I'm kind of the quarterback out there. And I knew for sure where Larry was going to be on every ball that was hit to my left. And because he just really took it seriously, worked hard at it. Had a good arm, which most people remember him for, but he just really took pride in his defense, and I don't think he would have got the call to Cooperstown had he not been a complete player like that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was a good hitter, but he was just known he could steal some bases, but he was very elite as far as an outfielder. So he helped a lot, but we had some grunt guys on the team, uh, which is kind of interesting. When they dismantled that group, they the first three they got rid of were the three grunt guys. And they always talk about being good up the middle, and they got rid of the center fielder, the shortstop, and the catcher. Hmm. And it was Walt and myself and Joe. And we were the three guys who would play hurt and wouldn't complain. I always... My nickname for Walt was Pigpen because he was always dirty. <laughs> and we just, you got to have, you can't, you know, I think the Yankees in the, in the free agent time when George Steinbrenner was buying all the best players kind of proved that you just can't spend money and win because Mattingly was never in a World Series. Yeah. And it was, you got to have some grunt guys too. You got to have some guys who are willing to sacrifice and so we were very strong defensively up the middle, and that was. But we were three of the lowest paid guys, and we were the three of the main three of the guys that got rid of the fastest. I was the first one they got rid of. And and I, I've I've got to ask, what was your reaction to that? I mean, you you knew you were kind of coming to the end of your career. What were your thoughts? Well, it didn't surprise me because. At the end of 95, I 
Ella started getting healthy. I wasn't playing as well personally. So, but even when Ellis came back, Baylor played me, mm-hmm. and then I didn't do as well. So Ella started playing more. Then we got to the playoff, and I didn't start the first two games, uh, even though I was one of the only guys who could hit Maddox. And uh, so Maddox beat us at home. Glavin beat us, and then I played the two games in uh, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we beat Smoltz, and then we lost to Maddox uh, the next game. So I was always more valuable to our team on the road than I was at home. When it was a three to two game, that was way more Mike's strength than the fifteen to fourteen games. Got it. Let me ask you two more questions and I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time. Um, and first of all, I want to know about your baseball school and, and uh, what what that's been like for you to create that and kind of impact this next generation of baseball players. For the most part, it's been very satisfying. I am not tremendously skilled outside the game of baseball. And I came home and didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest with you. And I had parents come up to me and start asking me to teach their child. And in this day of that we live in now with all the litigation and all that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to do anything unless I'm insured. So mm-hmm. I had to go through all that type of stuff. 
and it started out very slow, then it got to the point where it's about too busy, and now it's at a better, but, you know, with the virus stuff going on mm-hmm. right now, our governor is deemed to be non-essential, so I haven't worked in fifteenth today, it'll be a month tomorrow. Wow. And Jealous. We're supposed to be outside playing baseball right now, but all the schools are closed. Yeah. I'm hoping that there'll be a season that starts here sometime, but I'm the actual local high school baseball coach also. Oh, okay. Last question I'll, uh, I'll bother you with today, and I, again, I so appreciate your time with this, but if uh, if my calculations are correct, you were a teammate of Bud Black's with the Royals and the Giants, I believe, in 86 and 91. And I'm wondering if you have any good Bud Black stories that you'd like to share with the Rockies fans. <laughs> I, got, I got one. I don't know if he wants me to share it. <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, hey. <laughs>
school students, but I'm not going to say something just for the sake of, I'm not going to tell you you're doing a good job if you're not. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll find something else to tell you that you're doing well, but I'm not going to lie to you for the sake of making you feel good. <laughs> and Bud was always very nice to me. And Bud Black and Jamie Quirk were very nice to me when I first got called up to the Royals. And Bud, we were, I went from the Giants to the, uh, and two, whatever, two years later, I'm playing against him. He's with the Giants and I'm on the Rockies. Mm -hmm. And I walk by him when he's warming up for the game because when you were at Old Candlestick, both visitors and the home team came out of the same area. Okay. You had to walk by the bullpen of the Giants to get over to our side. And you never, you don't talk to your teammates. You never talk to the whole, you never talk to the starting pitcher of the day he's pitching. <laughs> you just don't say a word to him unless he says a word to you. It's just protocol. Okay. Some people, some people want it crazy quiet. And some people want to talk because they're not wanting to stress too much about it or whatever. And so I walked by and he talks to me, an opposing player. He said, hey, King. Where do you want the ball today? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I'd like a fastball right down the middle. And I tell you what, I got came up two times, and he threw me two first fastballs right down the middle. I got base hits on both of them. And it was, he was probably thinking that I would be thinking that he wouldn't throw it because I told him that's what <laughs> I wanted. But it worked out for me, and so I remember that. But, but That's great. And so I got along well with him and very thankful he took over for one of my best friends. So two of my guys that I got along the best with have been the last two Rocky managers. So hmm. it went from Walt to Bud. Yep, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I like them both. I respect them both. And I would have loved to play for both of them. Again, my thanks to Mike Kingery for joining me for that chat, and thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report, brought to you by Roxpile.com. Please check out the site every day for fresh Rockies content, even while the team is on hiatus. Take care, fans. We'll talk to you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.